As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Tribune Audio Network. Fogies. I felt so old, old doing this story. I can't tell you. I was Why? like, I'm doing a story about the jewel. Like when I approached people on the street, I felt like <laughs> such an old lady. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. We're investigative reporters breaking down the big stories, what it took to get them, taking you behind the scenes. It's the stuff we couldn't tell you on TV. On today's episode, Up in Smoke, the addiction crisis targeting teens and the measures taken to curb it. Hello, everyone. I'm Jenna Sachs here with Brian Polson. Hi, Jenna. And our special guest host returning for another episode, producer Pete. Hello. Good morning. We liked you so much, Pete. We brought you back for one more episode. Well, thank you very much. And I want to thank you for uh, going undercover recently to literally watch grass grow. Right, me. right, right, right. <laughs> we did Future a episode of Open Record, <laughs> yeah. just hard, you know, looking ahead. Well, we a little info. We did a test of lawn mowing apps, and he literally sat in a... And a, a van yeah. and watched grass grow for me and waited for yeah. lawnmowers yeah. to But show at least up. it was still relatively cool out because it's when it starts to heat up that sitting yeah, in the van bad. gets yeah. most uncomfortable, right? And the one thing that I did notice is their gear is not the same as the gear I have at home. So what do you mean? You know, the, the type lawnmower, of the lawnmower. Lawnmower. I mean, it's professional oh, yours stuff. Oh, you're Because like, you're watching them, you're like, ooh, what's that? What's oh, that? I thought maybe right. you meant you had like better gear. No, 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 no. no. They're, no. They, have, they have good stuff. Yeah. You've just got the rotating blade, yeah, the just, you know, manual mower, scissors. No, scissors. <laughs> I can, I can imagine you doing that. So, but, but we were talking about that. So, depending on the time of year, what's worse? Is it summer or is it winter? Oh, or sitting I in a think, van and doing surveillance. I personally, I like spring. Uh, right after winter um, is the best time. You to sit in the, the question. Van all day. Are you a politician? <laughs> I said, do you like summer or winter? Which one's worse? Winter is always worse. Is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you know. I hate to admit this, but I get the little warmers that the most hand Wisconsin. Warmers? Yeah, I get those. And if people see them, like you're in Wisconsin, why do you use those? I mean, you're because you're soft. sitting in the back of right. the van with no heat on, right? For right. hours, for hours. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it's just you can. There's only so much you can do, you know. But uh, summer is a lot, a lot easier. It's oh, the here. glamorous life you know, of TV yeah, news. Right. It's warmer here. But if we were in Phoenix, I would probably, you know, think in the, the opposite, open record right. studio. This is better. This is better. <laughs> It's being called an addiction crisis or the teen vaping epidemic. More and more teens are using e-cigarettes, and the recent studies are alarming. One found the number of high schoolers who vape went up 80% last year, and the number of middle schoolers vaping went up 50%. Now, this is despite the fact that people under the age of 18 should not even be allowed to buy them. So, Jenna, you reported on this on this last year, and actually this is one Pete helped out with that report. I did, and we found that one vaping device in particular is really dominating the market. It is. I had you uh, go out and buy it for me. It's called a Juul, spelled J-U-U-L, and right now it makes up about three-quarters of the U.S. e-cig market, so it's, it's everywhere. 
And why are these so popular? So jewels are popular for a number of reasons. Uh, most importantly, they're discreet. They don't give off as much vapor as other e-cigarettes, and they're very sleek. You can hide one in your hand. They look like a USB drive, and they come in different flavors like cucumber, mango, and mint, which Sue Martin of Tobacco Free tells me makes them very attractive to kids. That flavoring is very appealing to a young child trying tobacco for the first time. That taste may not be great. Something like this is very fruity tasting. Let's start with a very basic question. What's vaping, and why do some people prefer that to cigarettes? So vaping is using an electronic cigarette to inhale and exhale a vapor, which is actually an aerosol. It doesn't produce smoke like a cigarette would. Instead, you exhale what looks like a mist. Um, these products don't have tobacco, but they do have nicotine, so they can be addictive. The Jewel is a small device that you can actually charge in your computer with a cartridge containing e-juice, and a battery is used to heat up that liquid, which is turned into the aerosol, which you breathe in like any other smoking product. Those who sell e-cigs will often say they're meant to help you quit smoking because you can decrease the amount of nicotine over time, but a lot of experts are telling us young people in particular are drawn to these devices, and that's where the big problem lies. Well, when I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s, you know, smoking was everywhere. My dad used to take me to the bowling alley when I was a kid, and it was smoke all throughout the bowling alley, and it would burn my eyes. And at the time, no one thought anything of it. We look back now and think, that's crazy. You'd take a kid into a room full of smoke. Um, so when e-cigarettes came along, they were really thought of as like, wow, finally there's this solution. It's just water vapor. It's not even going to hurt you, and there's no smoke. It won't bother anyone around you. We've certainly come a long way in our understanding of e-cigarettes since then. Right, and there's a lot of misunderstanding among young people about e-cigarettes and what they're actually inhaling. They think they're doing, well, a lot of them, think they're doing something that's safer than cigarettes. They've heard their whole life that cigarettes are bad for you. Well, that was the intention, I think, behind e-cigarettes, was for it to be safer, correct? Right, and that's how they're marketed. Um, but the young kids, in, or I should say, Middle schoolers and high schoolers find them appealing because they don't smell. You know, you aren't breathing out um, smoke. You can hide it. You can do it in the classroom at school and nobody's going to notice. We've seen kids doing Snapchat videos sneakily uh, in the classroom or in the school bathroom. And they like that it's just something you can pull out. Your parents might not even recognize that it's an e-cigarette. They might think it's a USB drive or something else. And it's, it's skyrocketed recently. In the last year, it's gone up significantly. Millions of kids are using them, and they're not even supposed to be able to get their hands on them. I know for a lot of people uh, who have been smokers for a long time, e-cigarettes have been viewed and may still be viewed as sort of a way to wean yourself from cigarettes where you've got maybe the issues with tar and other things. Mm -hmm. um, and this might be seen as better because you're still getting that nicotine fix. It seems or maybe where the problem has come in, though, is that a lot of people, especially you're talking about middle schoolers and high schoolers who might never have even thought of smoking cigarettes are suddenly using a nicotine product because, hey, that looks cool, and it looks like a USB drive. And Well, they think there's no tobacco in it, so maybe it's not addictive, but there is nicotine, and especially in some of these e-cigs like the Juul, there's a concentrated amount. So they say you can decrease the amount of nicotine over time. That's the basis of the appeal for e-cigs. But with the Juul, you're getting a concentrated amount. Um, and when you're a young person under the age of 25, your brain is still developing. So if you develop an addiction early on, it's going to be very hard to break it. And they say that e-cigs can lead to smoking traditional cigarettes, which can lead to other addiction down the line. So there's been a lot of talk about how these 
devices in particular were being marketed to kids. It seems like since our story, the FDA has been cracking down on them a bit, but they were tasty flavors with cool names. I mean, Jewel is a cool name for a product, but it had like cool cucumber and, you know, creme brulee flavors. And that sounds like fun. They had bright colors for these different cartridges. Um, So you can see where the appeal was. And they were uh, on social media. There was a lot of marketing that was taking place on Instagram and Facebook. And the FDA got involved and said, hey, we think you're marketing to kids. They even um, did a search of the Jewel property since our story aired to collect information about their marketing practices. Um, Pete, you bought these for me. Do you remember going to the store? They were on the counter, right? They weren't behind the counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you were talking about the, the flavors, it, yeah. you know, I don't smoke, but you say man- mango, I'm like, ooh, tasty. Right. You know, Much more sure appealing right, right, than right, 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 right. tobacco, yeah. The sweet tooth, you're like, I'll take that, right? Um, I don't, it was easy to get. Um, it's not illegal know. if you're no. over 18. Right. Um, but it was displayed, like you say, it was easy. Um, um, and it's kind of scary to think about how uh, easy it is for younger kids, if they're smart, how they can try to get it, you know, if they want to sneak it and do it, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Uh, that's just Well, and speaking of young kids, I mean, you have school-age kids. Uh, I have a middle schooler and a high schooler. Um, but this is something that probably, you know, I mean, as a parent of young kids, there's so many perils you sort of think about along the way. This one might not seem like it's real high on the radar when you hear mango and, and peach and cucumber and other things. Think there's more serious problems to worry about, but I just had my stepson the other day uh, bring up in in the car. You know, hey Brian, have you ever heard? Do you know what a jewel is? And I said, well, yeah, I do. And and I think it's he's not using them, but his mm-hmm. friends are, or he's hearing about it at school. And I think the question was sort of that test of they're still looking for feedback. Is this a bad thing or not? How is a parent going to react when I bring the thing up? He certainly wouldn't say, hey, Brian, have you heard of marijuana? You know, right. But hey, have you heard of the jewel? What do you think about it? And so I think even for kids, maybe you've got the younger ones that are coming up. You know, do they look at this as something that, hey, that's not so bad? And my kids know already know that cigarettes, you know, basically to them, it equals death, right? Because <laughs> they're young. They're like, Daddy, you'll die if you smoke. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them it's, you know, emphysema on the installment plan. But, uh, you know, they don't know anything about this part yet, and I don't want them to. Right. <laughs> but, but they will it, because of the flavors and the attraction and those kind of things. And, and recently, a lot of businesses and retailers received warning letters threatening fines if they continue to sell to people who are under 18. So it seems like the government, since our story has been stepping in and threatening businesses if they sell to people who are under 18. But you can also get these online. Juul has also stepped up its verification. You have to show a photo ID on their website and do a few other steps in order to buy these products. But you know, an older sibling could buy it for you. You could have a fake ID in the store. I mean, it's still possible to get these devices. And obviously, young people are. And I think the government in particular stepped in and said, wow, this has just really gotten out of hand. In the last year, the statistics have just skyrocketed. So now they're playing catch up on some something that's really just taken off recently. Now, you talked about them being popular in schools. Are they also popular on, say, college campuses? I think you actually went and tested this we did. at UWM. Well, we've talked about MOS on this podcast before, the Man on the Street interview, where you just approach people and ask them a question. And I walked on the UWM campus with a jewel on my hand, and I approached students, and I said, hey, do you know what this is? And every single student knew what it was. They didn't just say it was an e-cig. They said, that is a jewel. And then I approached someone who looked like maybe they could be a parent, and they said, oh, is it a breathalyzer? So there's a gap there between uh, yeah. what college students and high school students immediately recognize and the parents who might see it among all their kids' 
stuff in the backpack and won't know what it is. And that's got to be part of the appeal, I'm guessing, is it's sort of like for the younger generation, it's our little secret. And once you know what they look like, you start to see them places. Like I've noticed people using them in restaurants. You know, they'll just, Mm. you know, pull it out for a second, take a a quick inhale, and then they're done. And you really wouldn't notice it. And they don't smell bad like cigarettes. Sometimes they have like a little, a fruity scent or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, very discreet. From that secondhand type standpoint, I guess I would certainly rather have the person in the booth next to me sneaking a jewel hit than someone puffing on a cigarette and blowing it in my face. I mean, we, I grew up with that kind of thing. But so in, in that sense, I guess there's an advantage. It seems like the real concern is more for the user themselves. Or is there any secondhand concern? Well, there's health issues because we don't necessarily know what's in these products. I've spoken to medical experts who say when you're breathing out, they've done tests that show that you're breathing out formaldehyde and acetaldehyde. So those aren't toxics. Those are toxic things you don't want in your body. So young people don't necessarily know what they're breathing in. With cigarettes, actually, you know what you're breathing in because they're so tightly regulated now, uh, but they don't know what they're doing. And high schools in our area have sent out letters to parents warning them about jewels, saying we've been having disciplinary issues at our schools related to them. So they've been having issues here. I think they started appearing on the North Shore first because initially jewels were more expensive. They, they're now down to like $35 to $50 for a starter pack, not something that a high schooler couldn't afford. You know, Mm -hmm. that's within their budget. And then if you get those jewel packets, I think those are like 15 bucks if you want to get the pods that you just keep refilling your device. So parents might see it just charging in their kid's computer and not 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 have a clue. clue. Mm -hmm. Is there, do we know, is there scientific testing being done long term? Because I don't know, these haven't been around all that long. Do we know, and we certainly know with cigarettes about lung cancer. Um, do we know of the long-term health effects of using e-cigarettes or something like Juul? No, we don't. And that's what also makes it kind of scary because when you don't know what you're putting into your body, who knows how that might surface 20 years from now. So that's a really important point. And I think that's part of why the FDA is stepping in. They're recognizing the issue and they're starting to take steps toward trying to regulate it. And to Juul's defense, they have taken steps. I mean, they pulled down their Instagram page and they pulled down their Facebook page. So they have taken steps to try to not appeal so much to kids. They changed some of the names of their flavors too, so they weren't so cutesy. Um, and so they, and if you go to their website now, it's all about trying to quit smoking. And it's got a more, it's got an adult look to it, but. We're, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if any of this works or if the, the trend has already gotten too out of hand. I just I, I want, It doesn't seem like there's an easy answer to this, but mm-hmm. in a world where cigarettes still exist and among some people are still obviously an addiction, um, you know, is this a better alternative even if it's got some downsides or not? And do we really know? I mean, it sen- sounds like in some ways the jury may still be out on that. Well, among the medical community, it's a definitive no. They're, they're, they're already coming out saying these are not good for you. From the tests we've done of the vapor being exhaled, we're finding dangerous, toxic things. But are, are they, what I guess I don't know is, are they saying that, we know they're saying it's not good for you. Are mm-hmm. they saying it's just as bad I as don't cigarettes? think we can say that yet because the there hasn't been enough. Yeah, you can't do the comparison. The but they're also saying there's concerns about addiction, especially with young people, and the chemicals inside these may not be what are exactly on the label. So just be on alert. And if you're a young person listening to this, do you think we have young people that listen to our well, podcast? That's the funny. I've, I've, I've talked about this before because we're in a medium that is more likely to attract young people to listen, podcasts. I think there's a lot of people who uh, maybe from, from my generation and before 
who don't even know how to get a podcast on their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I didn't really before we started this. Now I'm listening to podcasts all the time. So thanks, executive producer Leanne. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. The medium, I think, could attract more. So if there are young people listening, I don't know. What's the message there? I think... It's just to be, be be careful. You know, know what you're doing. Don't try these products. I would like to say I, I don't want my kids doing them. I don't want them trying anything that could form an addictive habit. That's We've just concerning lost all the me. young people listening. They're like, oh, they're old fogies. I felt so old, old doing this story. I can't tell you. I was Why? like, I'm doing a story about the jewel. Like when I approached people on the street, I felt like such an old lady. And I just, you know, I was pregnant with twins. Yeah. And I just felt so old when I did it. Um and I had never heard of it before, which made me feel even less hip. Like you're out of the loop. I was completely removed. So the I didn't even know what it was. the next episode of Open Record, which flavor of Jewel is the best? And we'll just go that way, right? No, oh, to attract gosh. the kids. Could you, yeah, no. to try to get the kids in. <laughs> yeah. When you bought these for us, did you feel kind of sneaky? Or, I mean, it's all Well, legal. I did because, you know, I didn't know that much about it. So I'm like, and a lot of this job is like that. You know, like, go buy Jewel. Like, buy what? Mm-hmm. You know, I've done K2, I've done Jewel, I've done. And so you, then you, after you know, your base of knowledge is, is so much more. Then you feel like an expert. So when someone says, hey, do you know K2 is a problem? Well, yes, I do. I can tell you a lot about it. You know, I can even tell you where to buy it, but I don't. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I felt sneaky about it. Just because I know, you know, we were going to sneaky be- Pete, and you, <laughs> and you have your undercover cameras, which are very discreet. We won't say what they are, but you had little camera you took into the store. Oh, there's there's a favorite um, camera that I like to use, and it's no one has ever figured it out, and we're not going <laughs> to say what it is here, are we? <laughs> it's actually your idea. Well, you know, it's a, it's a great pick, man. Okay, good. I, I will say though, <laughs> I had a photographer who smoked the jewel for video purposes. At the station, oh, yeah? really? and he had a really bad headache the next day. That might have just been him, but he said that he paid for it the next day. He woke up with a really bad headache. Of course, and I can he, get that with a couple of old fashions too. So you know, I mean, you never know. <laughs> so, who knows? Well, um, if you've got a story idea for Contact Six, please let me know. You can always fill out a form at fox6now.com. That's the dinner bell, which means it's time for our dinner party question. This is a weekly segment where we answer questions we most often get asked as journalists at parties or events when we're out and about. Now, here's the catch. We have no idea what the question is. There are a few envelopes still in front of us, and we're going to pick one of these at random. So is it you again, Pete, since you're a guest host, you get to pick, right? Okay, Pete's going to pick one of these questions. What is the biggest challenge you face as an investigative journalist? These are how sometimes they take, they, they take a moment of thought. Drop in the Jeopardy sounder. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there are so many challenges. Right. In this. I mean, it's, it, but to think what is the biggest challenge you face? Sometimes I think it's, it's simply determined, and this might sound like maybe that shouldn't be such a big challenge, but determining what to investigate. Mm-hmm. Where do we put our resources and priorities? Because it takes so much work to go down one avenue. And sometimes you go down that avenue and you find out maybe this isn't quite the story I thought or we don't have the goods to prove this thing. But you've already expended all this time and effort. 
what if I had gone down one of those other 15 avenues that were possible that we didn't because we don't have unlimited resources. So I think for me, a lot of times it's that when we sit back and go, what are you working on next? Um, And and we have tips coming our way. We have ideas of things we want to work on, but you sort of have to choose what is important, but also what's reasonable to do. What can I prove or what can I get done? What can I get video for? Who will talk to me? I think for me, maybe throughout my career, that's been the biggest challenge. The vetting process takes a long time. You're right with that. I'm trying to think of what would be my biggest challenge. I think figuring out, obviously, which stories to do, because for the Contact 6 reports, we get tips almost every day from people. Mm -hmm. And it's hard figuring out which ones our viewers might be most interested in, trying to figure out bigger picture. Does this story matter? more than something that only impacts one person. Um, And we tried to do a mix of those, but I think you're right. I think it is picking the stories that are worth our time. You know, sometimes even vetting it, you might get really far down a road and then realize, oh, this isn't what I thought it was and it's not going to work out as a report. Maybe we'll handle this off air. Um, Well, And how many times do you get that far down the road and go, okay, well, the story isn't what we thought it was. It's not A, but maybe we could still make a story out of B and you're just trying to get something out of the work you've done. But there are times you have to go, you know what? There's just not a story here. Well, I'm working on a story right now that I already had written (laughs) and it was going to the editor. It had been approved by my manager and then something changed because sometimes we have more of a, a wait period before when our stories are finished and when they air. And now I have to kind of revamp the whole thing because there's been a big update. So that's... Also something that comes up from time to time when you're not turning a story the day of, like our general assignment reporters are, things can change and sometimes they change up until the last minute. And I'm running into our editor's bay saying, I'm sorry, Dave, you know, Dave, I've got another thing that you have to do. And remember that nice graphic you made? Toss that one out and, uh, <laughs> and make me a new one. Scratch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I'm about sure now you, We're on air putting these together, but for you, Pete, as, as producer in the unit, what is your biggest challenge? Uh, I, I'd have to think about the time frame when you're trying to seek records and mm-hmm. trying to keep track of them. And if someone says no, and then, you know, bouncing it off you guys, like, hey, I got this coming up. I got this coming up. Uh, this person still hasn't returned my call. I still follow up with emails. Uh, and trying to get that together is, is, I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. But it's, it's a clock that takes faster than it should, I think. Well, I, 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 I was <laughs> expecting you actually to maybe say, all the work you'll put into like working up a story that you get all excited about and you I, come well, in to meet with <laughs> us and you come in to meet with us and you're like, I got this great story, Brian, listen, here it is. And then you, you lay it out and I just go, yeah, but what about A, B and C? And you just you're, walk away like, I hate that. You know, I didn't know if we wanted to put that, that you're a dream killer. <laughs> dream, dream killer. I'm a dream killer. You I'm, know, one challenge we do have sometimes is people who call us and say, I have this tip for you, but I'm not going to talk about it. It, sure. Right. They, they yeah, want to yeah, yeah. be. Every, everyone wants. I think there's a lot of people who sort of fancy themselves the the deep throats of sure. like I'm going to be your anonymous source here. Your whistleblower. Go. Yeah. But that's hard because if they don't talk to us about it, we need someone who will. And sometimes if we you know contact someone who's at the top of the chain, maybe the head of the company, they're not going to acknowledge it because why should they? Well, and, here, and we need those people. Here's my chance right. to put this camera. plug in. If, if you're listening and you ever have thought about giving a tip, we do accept anonymous tips. I mean, sometimes some of our best stories have come from anonymous sources. But I will tell you, rarely, if ever, have I done a story that started with an anonymous source who didn't give me a way to contact them back to mm-hmm. ask follow-up questions. Because the source is usually the person who knows enough about the thing to know this should be on television, this should be a news well, story. That, but then they just send some anonymous email from a place we can't 
right. return the email to, or they leave, they call and, and leave a phone message with no return phone number, and there's no way to ask follow up questions, and then that just dies on the vine. Right. When you get the tip calls, and they'll be, you know, they'll they'll say this is a four minute message, and they'll tell you four minutes about a whole lot of things, but not the details you want, and you're mm-hmm. like, I can't do anything with what you told me. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it sounds really good, right? And you exactly. want to pursue, sure, it, but yeah. you just can't. That's mm-hmm. the most frustrating is when you think there's probably something there, but I can't pursue it unless I know a few more details. I don't need to know your identity. I don't need to know anything about putting you on television. But I need to know a little bit more about where you're coming from and how you know what you know so I know where to go next. And without being able to make that follow-up phone call or email contact, then... Right. We need to know, if you can't talk to me, who can or what records can I request or where can I look or what time can I show up to see X, Y, or Z? Well, and sometimes the simple question of how do you know that helps us understand, okay, that's how we could prove that. The only Actually, we did do a story recently, Pete, uh, that started with an anonymous tip. It's one of the rare cases, but it would have made it a lot easier had we known the tip source, and that's the one oh, with Lester Buchanan. Right, yeah. He was the, the worker for the, the housing authority of the city mm-hmm. of Milwaukee, actually for Friends of Housing, a private contractor, who was spending his days at home working mm-hmm. on his own house instead of working at his job, mm-hmm. and that came from an anonymous source. To this we day, we have no idea who was that a is. neighbor. Right. So you just that, showed up though. at the house and, and, and thought. Well, the his only tip reason, was yeah. that you know, if you show up at this time, you'll see this guy working on his uh, property when he should be at work, and Brian said, go check it out. And like clockwork, the guy was there, I mean, every day. <laughs> and, and while that one worked out, what took us so much longer and took us so many more weeks to put the story together was we didn't know exactly who he worked for, or right. you know, we thought he worked for the city of Milwaukee. Then we thought, oh, well, the Trucks Housing Authority, which is sort of a city entity, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. So we spent weeks trying to get open records with employee lists from the right. Housing Authority. And then those lists came in and he wasn't on the list. Right. We thought, well, who is this guy? So weeks further went by until we finally discovered he worked for this private contractor. If the tipster had stayed in contact, we might have been able to answer some of those questions right away. That's true. And it could have sped up the process. But we're glad he called. We are definitely (laughs) glad that person called. We always like anonymous tips. That's probably a good time to plug that, huh? How we get those if you have a question that you want to ask the open record team. Or if you have a question you want us to answer, that's one thing. But also if you have tips, feel free to shoot us an email to theinvestigators at fox6now.com. That's the investigators, all one word, T-H-E investigators at fox, the number six, now.com. Thanks for listening to Open Record. We want to thank producer Pete for joining us today and thank you to all the other people who bring this together, Dave Machuda and Leanne Watson. And if you enjoy listening to Open Record, let us know. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want more Open Record, just head to our website, fox6now.com. Tribune Audio Network.